0: Welcome back to Hong Kong.
1: <laughs> for good now. Oh yeah, I've got PR now. I'm a permanent resident. For, yeah, for good now. <laughs> for good now, yeah. Literally, I have the card and everything that says this person has right of abode in Hong Kong. Did you update the picture? Yeah, you have to update the picture. Do you look less like a thug? Do I, look like, I do think the picture looks better. I mean, it's still not a good picture because, you know, it's me. But the previous picture looked terrible because I didn't realize they're actually going to take a picture. You didn't look terrible. You just look mean for some reason. Do I look mean? I just thought I looked like I'd been in an accident or something. Like I, didn't, I did not look good. No, I just think you looked mean. <laughs> okay. My Hong Kong ID picture, this is not my driving license picture. I know my driving license picture, people have said that I look like some sort of hooligan. Oh maybe I'm looking your driver. Yeah, you were like thinking of my driving license picture. My Hong Kong ID picture, I just looked like I'd been like mugged on the way over or something. You know, it was not good. It looked like I'd met myself from my driving license and been punched in the face or something. I don't think I've ever seen this picture. Well, now it's gone, so I've got a different one now. How would you describe your new one? <laughs> just meh. No, it just looks like me with like a blank expression.
0: <laughs> Fine. That's not what we were here to talk
1: about. The SEMP reported this week that in Shenzhen they're using facial recognition and AI to automatically identify jaywalkers and name and shame them on giant billboards or send them an SMS to say you were caught jaywalking at this time and the proposal is that it's going to stretch to automatically fining and charging jaywalkers so are you going to move to Shenzhen then? No I'm never going to Shenzhen again Yeah, I was incensed. I thought this was outrageous. This is using technology for evil. I I literally couldn't believe it. I was actually like, wow, the future is here and it's a dystopia. You're fine with this?
0: I was driving to the village yesterday on the motorway. I was thinking at some point they're going to, you know, minor offenses like
1: undertaking, which I do, you know, small things will become a big deal. Well, it's like average speed limit checks on the motorway? Like, ev- look, look, let's be honest here. Like, everyone speeds on the motorway, right? Like, no one's driving at the speed limit on the motorway. Like, everyone is breaking the law. Everyone's breaking the law all the time in small ways. All the time. But usually it doesn't matter because everyone knows that everyone else is doing it and no one's checking on you all the time. But suddenly with AI, the cost of enforcement goes to practically zero and they can just do speed limit checks. Everywhere all the time you know they'll just put cameras on lampposts, and they'll just check your number plate and they'll just do an average speed limit check. If you ever speed anywhere on the motorway, they'll just send you a ticket. Great for the government because they can go and claim the revenue from it. But terrible for personal freedoms, or just stressful in general. Oh jeez, it's like you've been watched all the time, and now you're being watched all the time. I can't even cross the road in peace. The solution to this is obviously just never cross at a crossing. You know, the cameras are only at the crossings, so the solution is just cross in the middle of the street. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking outside the box. That's a good point. Until such times they put cameras literally everywhere, which is probably, you know, like a year away. You said, I can't wait for them to bring this to Hong Kong, and I actually said, yeah, that's the day I moved back to the UK. (laughs) Because in the UK, jaywalking is legal. In the UK, jaywalking is a joke. (laughs)
0: I have no idea what happened there. I don't know why it's okay to do that. To
1: jaywalk or to check your face? To jaywalk. To jay- <laughs> You have no idea why jaywalking's fine?
0: Why it's okay in the UK. Or whether it really isn't okay. I have no idea.
1: The UK actually does care a lot about personal freedoms, weirdly. for For a society that has security cameras everywhere, they do weirdly care about personal freedoms a lot. Like the massive backlash in the UK against ID cards on purely ideological grounds they're going I don't want the government knowing everything about me I don't want to have to carry a card I don't want to carry papers like the war you know there was this massive backlash against it and yet at the same time there practically is an ID card in the UK in that most people have a driving licence and most of the time when you need to prove who you are for one reason or another you're not going to show them your passport because you're not carrying them around with you you'll show them your driving licence so the kind of de facto is an ID card in the UK but it's not An ID card in air quotes. So it's okay. I guess the same thing in the US where, you know, you need an identifier. So everyone uses their social security number, but your social security number was never designed to be a private identifier. So it gets leaked all the time and it's a complete mess and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I don't know. Finally, finally (laughs) after this rant, a food challenge. It's not really a food challenge. It's more a food critique. I wouldn't hold myself in such high regard. I'm not sure why we're doing this now, but it just seemed like a good idea. Food tastings with Sir Mike and... Tingathy. yes. That's the podcast. That's the, po- That's... That's the new podcast. We're, we're pivoting. We're pivoting into a pointless food challenge podcast. Oh, YouTube. <laughs> YouTube, channel. yeah. It's not Tide Pods. Sorry. But, you know, over a long period of time, it might be just as hazardous to your health. Admittedly, a really long period of time. So, ricicles, a breakfast cereal discontinued in the UK as of November last year because of the high sugar content. And I think no one was buying them, which is sad, because they're one of my favorite cereals. But, you know, I never bought them because I knew they were really bad for you, so <laughs> kind of makes sense that they discontinued. I think everyone knew they were really bad for you. What are ricicles? If you were to cross. Rice Krispies with Frosties. That's what Rice Cores are. They're literally Rice Krispies where each individual piece of puffed rice has been frosted with sugar.
0: So they're Rice Krispies, but not disappointing.
1: Exactly. They are delicious and crunchy and sugary. So we're going to eat some? Yes. 130 gram serving contains 10% of your daily sugar intake doesn't seem that bad,
0: but no-one's having 30 grams of this.
1: Yeah, true. <laughs> Alright, I think you should serve yourself however much you want.
0: Should be okay.
1: Snap, crackle and pop. Alright,
0: so try your delicious ricicles. So they really do look like Rice Krispies.
1: They're, they're literally Rice Krispies coated in sugar.
0: I remember how disappointed I was eating Rice Krispies.
1: Mmm. No, still very crunchy. This is like ASMR with Sir Michael and Timothy.
0: I so used to have a lot of icicles
1: No I think they were like a special treat Because my parents also knew they were really bad for me So, your thoughts?
0: They're exactly how I wanted
1: Rice Krispies to taste like. Yeah, they're delicious. You know, like Cocoa Pops, when they turn the milk chocolatey? It's like that, except that they just make the milk really sweet. They just make the the milk really delicious.
0: But it it is slightly too sweet. As an adult, I can definitely tell that.
1: As an adult, you can tell they're slightly too sweet. Yeah. Is it that they're too sweet, or you can just tell they're bad for you, and you feel guilty for it? You know? Like from a taste perspective they're actually delicious yes it's just that you know it's wrong yes i mean that's the problem with being a grown-up sadly so thumbs up thumbs down thumbs up thumbs up okay yeah it's a shame they're gone i the thing is i'm sure they'll be back it'll be like the whisper in five years time everyone will be nostalgically thinking back oh do you remember my rice calls i loved rice calls and then they'll bring them back as like you know uh Multi pack, fun size, special, or something, and then before you know it, they'll be back on shelves. Or if- you know, rice calls you no know, added sugar. Rice calls no sugar. Just made of artificial sweetener. That'd be appalling. That'd be weird. weird.
0: But as an adult, I could justify that.
1: Oh dear, that'd be that'd be terrible. The rice calls now causes cancer. You know, it doesn't cause obesity. It causes cancer. Great.
0: So long as I look good on my deathbed. <laughs> Can't say that. Because Can't this, say is, that. Is,
1: is this fat shaming? Is this like some combination of fat shaming and like Can't say that. I don't even know. Do I have to cut this one out? I don't know. <laughs> don't know. I'm gonna keep it in. I think it'll be funnier. You know, the problem is, I'm like out of touch with young people these days. I say young people. I'm out of touch with everybody these days. I don't know what is or isn't appropriate to say anymore. I think we're living in a bubble. No, everything's inappropriate to say, I'm just old. Oh, yeah, everything is in- yeah, everything's inappropriate to say to somebody. That's the thing. Hong Kong is this, like, weird bubble where it's completely acceptable to be racist and, like, ageist and, like, fattest and, like, everything, isn't it? Can't say that either. Well, like, not that we are. HK Tourism Board <laughs> disagrees. <laughs> so- sorry, <laughs> HK Tourism Board. Sorry. No, okay. As someone who has come from London in the UK, I am often surprised by the things that it is okay to do in Asia that would not be okay In London, UK. Would you dare give one example? You know, it would be like, staff wanted, must be Chinese. Not not must speak Chinese, but just must be Chinese. You know? And I'm like, dude, that's not okay. You can't say that. True. Yeah. You know, things like that. Just Asia is generally quite racist. But because they've never had this whole... Can't say that... (laughs) You can't. You cannot say that. Yeah, you're right. This is getting into identity politics. This is a dangerous topic. You say that. How do we go from rightsicles
0: to racism? Okay, just just think back to Little Britain. We're not as bad as that.
1: Yeah, the 90s were really racist too. It's really funny to think of what was completely fine in the 90s. You know, in the 90s, ha ha, we can all have a laugh. This is really funny. And you watch it now, and you're like, whoa, this is not okay. <laughs> did you see recently sorry this is another tangent did you see recently they added friends to netflix and loads of millennial gen Zers are watching friends you know friends as in like ross and rachel and monica and chandler and blah 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 are watching friends and going wow this show is really racist and sexist and like not okay as in like all the jokes are about ross's lesbian wife and how, you know, she he broke up and all of that. I was like, that is totally not okay now. But at the time, that was, like, a perfectly acceptable joke. And, like, now that is, like, definitely not okay. That's just, like, one example. Of, you know, the whole show is like that. The whole show is, like, wall-to-wall like that.
0: Yeah, there's no diversity there.
1: Yeah, I will forget forget. That, but you're right, there's literally no diversity in the whole show as well. I wasn't even talking about that. I was just literally talking about the actual nature of the jokes that I made. But, yeah. And, yet everyone really loved Friends. Friends was, like the sh- Friends was like the Big Bang Theory of the day, right? Oh, now I'm too scared to comment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome to Lost Levels Club.
1: Welcome to Lost Levels Club.
0: We're a book club for games. But not today. I have with me Sir Michael. Hello. And myself. Tingathy. So let's begin.
1: <laughs> okay. On the agenda for discussion this episode, Game Dev Unions. PUBG and Fortnite mobile, and free games, plus whatever tangents we end up going on. So,
0: which one would you like to start with?
1: Oh, okay, it's, it's my choice. Yeah, game dev unions, I guess. I mean, that's the order I said it in.
0: So at GDC there was a roundtable hosted by the IGDA,
1: which is the Independent Game Developers Alliance. Association I- is what I'm giving you. Alliance sounds better. Oh, association. It's probably association. Anyway,
0: so... The roundtable is titled Union Now, Pros, Cons, and the Consequences of Unionization. So why did we
1: want to talk about this?
0: Because I thought, as skilled workers, there would be no need for game devs to unionize. As like a, a naive outsider here and obviously because you
1: always have something to say i wanted to bring this to you well the funny thing is that the main thing i wanted to say is also that i actually don't quite understand what's going on here as in i actually don't really understand what it is to be in a union either because i don't think there is a union for computer programmers for devs as far as i know or maybe there is one but it's not very popular i've certainly never heard of one or been invited to join one or i don't even really understand what it means to join a union like i actually am completely this is a completely alien concept to me i don't really understand what it means to unionize i don't really know who unionizes i mean the thing is it's not really a matter of skilled versus unskilled labor though because like plumbers are unionised, right? And plumbing is a skilled job. Yes. So, you know, I don't think it's a contradiction to have programmers be unionised. But, yeah, I don't know. Is this all we have to say about it? <laughs> this is very disappointing, I'm saying. It does seem that the reasons for unionising that are referenced in this write-up that we've read are not so much about the salary but more about the working conditions yes so it's the it's the perpetual crunch that game programmers have to go through because you know it does sound awful i don't know how much we've mentioned this before on the podcast but you know we're both programmers we both work for mega corporations different ones and you know you do have projects you'd have deadlines you'd have to go through crunch times but it's relatively unusual and it's relatively transient like you might be crunching for a month maybe you know and if it's more than that something's gone horribly wrong i mean actually my previous role was terrible because i did have to crunch continuously for like a year but that was really really unusual you know that was that was seen as something's gone horribly wrong and everyone's permanently Commiserating with you that this thing's gone so disastrously wrong that this was required. Whereas for game programming, that seems to be completely normal. And game programmers don't get paid as much, as well, from the sounds of it. Something we, we did want to add, though, is that their work is way more fun, <laughs> just as hard. Okay. <laughs> wow, it's really funny that we both went completely different directions. But yeah, I think both those things are true. I think the level of technical skill required to make a good game, if you're going to be a good programmer in games, yeah, it's technically very complicated.
0: But it's just not the programmers, it's artists. Yeah, it's artists, it's
1: sound designers, it's, you know, etc, etc, etc. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. I actually hadn't really thought about that way, but you're right. So is this union they're proposing for all game dev workers, but not necessarily just devs? Is it also going to be QA staff? Is it also going to be artists and designers? It's going to cover the whole shebang. The whole shebang, okay.
0: Then, they may have to be different guilds, I think, because they're different areas of expertise and should people on different things, I guess? I
1: don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we're both terribly inexperienced with this whole field. So you're saying it's fun? So, more people want to do it. Well, I, I think that's actually the major thing. That's why they can get away with it. Because, you know, the reason I'm mean, giving it slightly away more than what we do, like, we, you know, we work in finance and it pays quite well because it's not fun compared Don't, to. I can't say that.
0: <laughs> you can't say this. It does not represent my views on the, <laughs> on the matter. It's not fun compared to writing computer games, you know. That may not be true for my job.
1: (laughs) Why do jobs pay what they do? Jobs pay more if it's harder to fill the position. Either because it's a skilled role that it's difficult to find someone who's capable of doing the job. Or because there are fewer people who want to do the job. And programming for a financial institution... I don't think there are that many people that get out of bed in the morning and think, Yeah, finance! I mean, having said that, there definitely are. You will you
0: will, you will, will have that attitude soon.
1: <laughs> but I don't think there are many people who, you know, when they're young, think, oh, I really dream of working in finance. You know, I mean, having said that, there definitely are. But I don't think there are that many people compared to the number of people who are like, I want to be an astronaut or, you know, I want to make computer games. And as a result, more programmers who are trying to get their first job are probably going to be interested in working for a company that's doing something they more want to do, something that's cool and trendy. I think a lot of it is also a a function of the age you are, because being zillennials, is that your, your preferred term? Yes. You know, at the time that we were graduating, going to work for a finance company was the thing to do. That's what, like, successful people went and did. Whereas now, I think if you were a programmer graduating, you would go and work for like a Facebook or a Google or like a tech company or a Tesla or something. Maybe not Facebook now. Facebook's like in the mud. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, you know, you go and work for one of these high-tech companies. I mean, or even like an Asian one. You know, you could go and work for Tencent. You could go work for Baidu, you know, whatever. They all pay really well now. So, what are you are going to do? I want to take this from another perspective
0: was what if you had game dev in a tech company like Facebook? Do you think the crunch would come? Because that's the nature of...
1: That's the nature of game dev.
0: Yeah. What do you think? The firm has a stronger culture.
1: I was going to use Amazon, but that doesn't work. Because they actually are... Oh yeah, Amazon's like, Amazon is like endless crunch anyway, isn't it? Couldn't get in trouble now. I've never worked there. Like, the thing is, you do hear 2nd All sorts of stories about different companies, and you don't know whether any of them are true. The thing is, they probably all are true for that bit of the company. But when you get very large companies like an Amazon or a Facebook, you know, or any gigantic finance corporate as well, every team is actually like a company in itself, practically. You know, they all have different culture. They all have different ways of doing things. They all work differently with the wider corporate megastructure. So, Who knows if it's true, but there have certainly been lots of horror stories about Amazon and crunch times and people being, I don't know, like almost bullied into working more. But Amazon actually is making games, isn't it? With Lumberyard. I mean, they made a game engine, right?
0: They took a game engine.
1: I took it. Okay, fine. Whatever. (laughs) I have no idea what the working culture at Facebook actually is.
0: I've watched dumb YouTube videos of working at facebook and it's just people eating
1: it's just people eating and eating all they show is the fun bits yes i mean facebook has oculus and oculus makes games so what is the working culture at oculus like is there crunch vr there's no real game dev
0: in vr <laughs> what? It's, it- it's not like triple a crunch it's more it's more experimental it's more creative it's more trying stuff out I feel it's different. I feel it's different. But what do I know?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I think the problem with crunch comes when you're trying... any. I mean, does Hollywood have crunch? Because any industry where you have a creative thing that could take an unbounded amount of time and you have a business thing of, no, we have to hit this date, that's what causes crunch. When you're trying to make something, but you also have a hard date to hit. And if it looks like that thing you're trying to make is not going to hit that date that's when crunch happens and for computer games you are trying to make something new and goodness knows what it is and it's often like an unbounded thing you can keep bolting more and more onto it that's why you hit crunch a lot of the time like you just get like feature creep and scope creep you're like oh but wouldn't it be great if we had a crafting system oh imagine if we had this story or we add this character you know that's what causes it i don't know whether other creative industries are more well bounded in terms of what you can do and as a result are less likely to hit this problem it's funny though because if you think when it comes to writing novels you definitely don't have crunch there I mean George R.R. Martin who's writing A Song of Ice and Fire so the whole Game of Thrones series he took like 20 years to write one of the books didn't he? Like literally 20 years is that right? So you know no one was pressuring him to get that done to meet this date, so what's different about the games industry? I think it's just that it's way more expensive you know when you when you're writing a book, the publishing company is not paying for that writer's expenses. They just gave the writer an advance, and they just have to deal with it, finish the book otherwise they're not gonna well otherwise they're not gonna get the royalties and presumably they have to pay back the advance if they don't actually ever finish it whereas when it comes to game dev, game dev is really expensive. And I guess that's the other problem. I mean, that's the problem where you get crunch as well in like all programming aspects because programmers are really expensive. Don't say
0: that with really good value. <laughs> really good value.
1: Well, you're actually, and as you pointed out, it's not just about the programmers. It's also about all the level designers and the QA staff and the sound designers and the, you know. But making a game as a whole is a really expensive prospect. It takes a lot of people to make a AAA game and they can't afford to run at that rate for that long, I guess. But we've gone way off topic of the actual (laughs) original impetus of unionisation. Do you think unionisation is going to help? I don't quite know what they would do. Once it becomes collective bargaining, then on the one hand it's good, but on the other hand it's kind of bad too because you've taken away the individual's ability to go and negotiate a deal for themselves. I mean, I don't know, I don't really understand all of the mechanics of the situation for for game you know creating a game and what at the end can they do even if they just abolish crunch they say okay you can't you can't crunch anymore is this going to lead to like more formulaic games because they're going to try to have to plan them better to avoid crunch but that also means they're going to have to do fewer experimental things too will it be a good thing or will it be a bad thing will it be a good thing in that they'll just be forced to plan better to force to put more lead time in games will become more expensive to make but we'll still get the same games or will it be that they'll just make less ambitious products in order to make sure that they can plan them okay no crunch ship it and it'll be hot trash
0: and can you have non-union shops we're not we know because it's up to the individual to sign up to the union right Not everyone in the company needs to be part of the union.
1: I don't like the member rates. I'm not going to be part of the union. What we're really saying is that we're completely ignorant of this whole... (laughs) We probably shouldn't have talked about it. (laughs) (laughs) We should have done more research. Sorry. But hey, you know, if you found this topic interesting, maybe you should do some research yourself. Take some personal responsibility. (laughs) Anything more to say? (laughs) No. Okay, so having dug a deep enough hole with that, Let's talk about something we're more familiar with. Really? (laughs) I'm not very familiar with this either. PUBG and Fortnite mobile. But not necessarily just mobile. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) Yeah
0: it was slightly slightly off-topic, but associated stuff will, will arise. So both PUBG and Fortnite have been released on mobile now. Yes, they have. You've played PUBG on mobile.
1: Okay, well, first off, I think what's interesting is that Fortnite on mobile, I think, is just Fortnite. It's the same game, whereas PUBG Mobile is actually a completely different game. Keep going. So PUBG on mobile is made by Tencent, who bought a stake in PUBG and it is a severely cut down in terms of visual assets. So like they've gone and significantly downgraded the poly count and everything in order to make it actually run on a mobile because as people are always saying, PUBG is the most horrendously optimised game. You know, you you can have a supercomputer and it will be running at 20 frames per second. Like, you know, I had to buy an outrageous computer to play PUBG at good frame rate. So, Obviously, in order to make it run on a mobile, they've gone and just like severely downgraded all the geometry. I don't think actually that much has been lost, but they have, you know, it, you can see it looks different. All the key structures and stuff are there, but it's significantly cut down. It's third person only. It's being played on a mobile. So, PUBG is a game that usually you have to be very precise about. Like, literally, it's been the case before that I've tried to take a sniper shot. And someone's, like, taking a step backwards and the bullets pass between, like, you know, their chin and their neck. And it wasn't a hit. You know, PUBG is very precise about the hitboxes. The mobile version is not. The mobile version is like, hub up auto-aim. And it turns out the mobile version is full of bots. I I played one game with the mobile version and I was like, yeah, I won, chicken dinner, I'm a genius. And then I read loads of articles about how uh, it's all bots the first match. Or mostly bots, the first match. If I'd known it was all bots, I would have played really aggressively. I actually played it like I would have played a proper game of PUBG. So I was really cautious. You know, it's about winning. So it's about survival. It's not about getting a high kill count in PUBG. So I actually played it very cautiously. If I'd known it was bots, I would have just Ramboed in there and probably got like, you know, 20 kills or something, but I didn't know at the time. So I think PUBG Mobile is a different game, but I think Fortnite on mobile is literally just Fortnite. Because it's the Unreal Engine Well, PUBG's the Unreal Engine too, but Fortnite is much, much, much better optimized, and the art assets are relatively simpler too. So it runs on mobile fine. And it's a more arcadey kind of game. So the mobile touch screen controls actually also translate kind of better. They're more forgiving.
0: When you said it's just Fortnite,
1: I thought you meant it's not the battle royale, but obviously it is. No, no, it's it's Fortnite Battle Royale. Sorry, to be clear. It's Fortnite Battle Royale. But does anyone play the non-Battle Royale Fortnite? It's funny because I actually really did want to play the the co-op non-Battle Royale Fortnite, but it seems that everyone's forgotten about that. You have to pay for that, right? Yeah, well, it's going to be free to play as well. But yeah, you did have to pay for that. That's why no one was paying for it. It is fascinating that Fortnite was in development four years with all these art assets and all this game design and stuff went into it and then it didn't really catch on and they just pivoted to like, oh, PUBG's really popular let's slap a battle royale mode on Fortnite and then it's just done gangbusters you know, it's done didn't it overtake PUBG for the first time? Yes, it did. We were going to talk about that
0: last month the monthly revenue for Fortnite overtook that of PUBG
1: So I was out for dinner yesterday with some friends, and one of them went on this massive rant about how disgusted he was that Fortnite had done this. You know, he said it's outrageous, it's disgusting that they've gone and just copied PUBG and they've become... This guy doesn't even play PUBG he was just like, he was just like offended on behalf of PUBG which I actually found quite funny that, you know people feel this strongly about it, but it's, it's true it's actually kind of disgusting in a way, but you know, it's business, so... It's just more accessible, and the kids can play... The kids can't play PUBG. Yeah, I mean, you need you need a freaking supercomputer to play PUBG, and Fortnite runs on anything. So, fair play to them. It's free to play. It's free to play. It runs on everything, to the extent it runs on your mobile. I read some... I'm, I'm going to have to try and dig out the article now, because this is, like, a really inflammatory statement, but I, I read some really funny article, I think it was on Kotaku, about how, in high school guys were complaining that their girlfriends were playing fortnite and now they didn't want to play fortnite anymore because their girlfriends were playing it on mobile and they're saying oh i can't play fortnite anymore my girlfriend's playing it i thought that was really hilarious but yeah everyone's playing fortnite great i think i'm actually more likely to play fortnite on mobile than i am to play pubg on mobile weirdly like i was actually really interested in playing fortnite on mobile but when it came out on mobile, they hadn't actually released it in the Hong Kong app store. So I actually couldn't download it. And that's as a result how I ended up then downloading and playing PUBG mobile because that was on the Hong Kong app store. It was like a couple of weeks ago. I did actually download Fortnite last night, but I haven't actually played it yet. I
0: downloaded Fortnite as well. And it took up 17% of the battery just downloading the thing. Don't know why it matters.
1: <laughs> Outrageous. Yeah, the initial download is like 174 megs, but then it then goes and downloads this other massive thing itself in-game. In and
0: amongst the Kotaku articles that you read, was there one about the record-breaking Twitch stream?
1: No, I haven't read that one.
0: I think it's Drake and
1: Ninja were streaming Fortnite. Okay, so we just went and double-checked the article. And we're both actually having a moment, as in we're like, what are we doing with our lives? It's like, I'm such a failure. Holy crap. Yeah, we're we're both actually having, like, we're both actually, like, holding our heads on our hands going like, OMG. So, from the article, Ninja, the streamer, broke... Twitch's all-time concurrent view count record for a stream. This is excluding tournaments and events like Games Done Quick. So, was it 635,000 concurrent viewers? And his sub count is 180,000 subs. 180,000. So, that is a minimum of, like, because, you know, you, you get to keep $3 of the $5 sub fee. So, he's making a minimum of what 18, 36, 44, 50, half a million dollars a month just from subscribers let alone other sponsorship and mm, wow, what am I doing with my life?
0: You're focusing on the streamer, I'm focusing on the platform <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love how you're thinking, wow Twitch is so advanced, it can cope with this many
0: Amazon did, were right to buy them
1: I just think of the disgusting amount of money. <laughs>
0: like, for one individual.
1: For one individual. Imagine getting paid to play computer games and admittedly be, you know, this dancing monkey on the screen to entertain the viewers. But it sounds fun. Do You do that for free. I do that for free, yeah. I do that for free. I'm considerably less entertaining, it's true. I think, it's, I think it is actually genuinely difficult to be an entertaining personality on screen.
0: Yes. You'd have to be popping pills and on caffeine all the time you not generally
1: blimey though those are some big numbers those are some big numbers how does the tech work it must just be a load of cdns and multicast right yeah they just ingest your stream and then just like multiplex out yes but it's not i would never have believed there would be such a an audience for one person, I mean, if you think like television audiences, like how many people are watching like a TV show? I mean, that's millions of people. Yeah, but this is one person playing a computer game. <laughs> yeah, it's true, this is one person <laughs> playing a computer game. I, I can. I don't watch TV anymore, though. Like, I think we've said this before, but I literally don't watch TV anymore. I watch occasionally Netflix and most of the time YouTube. And what do I like watching on YouTube? Often, actually, things like. Carl Sagan 42's YouTube uploads of his Mario Maker streams. And it's mostly because, like, who watches stuff live anymore? It's a freaking pain, you know? I'm going to watch stuff when it's convenient to me. So I'm watching streamers, but I'm watching their, you know, captured footage rather than their live streamed footage. But yeah, I, I totally understand this. Big numbers. This is the future.
0: One last thing. You know, in reference to your friend who was standing up for PUBG, both can
1: coexist right both can coexist i mean that's why i was saying if i was on a pc like if i actually had my full pc i would by preference play pubg but if i wanted to play a blast of a mobile battle royale i could imagine myself playing fortnite
0: when would you want to play a blast of a mobile battle royale
1: (laughs) i don't know i think also it's because i i would care less about it i i weirdly care quite a lot about my PUBG rank like I feel whenever I play PUBG I'm actually always trying to win I do feel sometimes like the people I'm playing with don't care that much but I'm like guys I'm trying to win here like stop asking about but Fortnite is like ah, oh, it's okay it's not the one I care about we can just have fun we can just muck about so if I was going to play one just for funsies why not Fortnite it's a different game it is much more cartoony arcadey auto aimy
0: Does the construction not annoy you?
1: I'm really surprised I don't like the construction more, actually, because I remember playing Minecraft and often thinking, wow, it'd be really great to actually have a game where you're building a base and have to fight other people while you're building a base. And that's kind of what Fortnite is. That sounds annoying. No, I don't know. I think it's quite funny. You do see really comical things of like people, you know, seeing a rocket shot towards them. So they just build a wall and they just back away from the wall. And, you know, obviously the wall just blocks the rocket. So I can see maybe it is annoying, but I haven't played it enough to really understand it. Basically, I only played Fortnite when it first came out. When Fort, sorry, Fortnite Battle Royale, I should clarify. So when Fortnite Battle Royale was first released, I played a bunch of games of it. But I haven't played it since. So I actually have no idea what Fortnite is like now. All of my comments about Fortnite are based on months ago. And it's probably completely different now because as everyone keeps saying, Epic have been way better about iterating and improving Fortnite compared to PUBG Corporation improving PUBG. I mean, what have they added to PUBG? More cosmetics. What have they added to Fortnite? I don't know, but apparently loads of stuff because everyone's very happy about it. PUBG is literally just, like, endless complaints about region lock China and, oh, look, they added a new loot crate for cosmetics. And cheating. And cheating. Cheaters, cheaters everywhere. Well, that comes hand in hand with the region lock China, which doesn't help us because we're in the China region. (laughs) I don't know. I'm still playing PUBG. I still enjoy it. Although it has... Waned a bit from its peak, which is probably a good thing because otherwise I would have just died from sleep deprivation. You would have died happy though. (laughs) No, I would have died full of rage. I'd have been like, aimbot (laughs) (laughs) Why
0: why look to the negative? You could have been happy with your chicken dinner.
1: Happy with my chicken dinner. Yes, another chicken dinner as I ascend to Valhalla. You know, because I've been away so much, my PUBG skills have definitely got worse. Like, Playing the other day multiple times when I've just been shooting at someone and just like missed every time because so much of it is about muscle memory, as in, you know, you've got literally a few milliseconds to take the shot, and you know, there are moving targets so you've got to compensate, so you've literally got milliseconds to get it right. And if you're thinking about it, you've probably taken too long. So I'm just trying to shoot a moving target and just like completely missing, you know, a few months ago when we've been playing all the time I would have hit those shots and now I just like completely freak out miss every shot and then just get like killed by someone I didn't notice so yeah I've got worse such is life and my PUBG squad are all moving back it's sad like Hong Kong you know transient expat town half my PUBG squad are going to move away again I'm going to be sad so you're recruiting now recruiting (laughs) recruiting yeah recruiting for Sir Michael's PUBG squad must have a high tolerance for abuse and an excellent shot. <laughs> Submissive. <laughs> Submissive. <laughs> Must follow instructions. No, 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 no. I'm surprisingly zen about PUBG. I'm like, where should we drop? I think we should drop here. And someone just goes, I think we should drop there. It's like, all right, fine. We'll, jo- we'll go with your idea. Because then, you know, when it goes wrong, I can go, well, it was your idea, man. I want to drop over there. Sorry. Sorry. Maybe we should move on.
0: Finally, I've always wanted to talk about this one. Free games.
1: What about free games?
0: We like to send messages whenever any service is providing a free game. It can be Humble Bundle, G, Uplay, Origin. Have I missed
1: any? Whatever. That's the main ones.
0: Even PSN Plus. It's not a a real free game. But it is. It's
1: free so long as you're subscribing. And... The thing is, generally, you subscribe to one of these online console services. If you play a lot of computer games on console, you're going to probably be subscribed to either PSN Plus or Xbox Live Gold. And they both give away a free game as long as you're subscribed. So,
0: And then we've even speculated what the free game is on the Switch when you subscribe. So it's something that we pay a lot of attention to. But what's really going on?
1: Yeah, we did say, do you play any of these free games? Have you ever played any of these free games? N- uh,
0: yes. But not really. Yeah, generally I don't. <laughs> but what's going on? What's the psychology behind this? Why are we so so enthusiastic about claiming these free keys?
1: Everyone loves free stuff. Is that not enough?
0: Before you judged me,
1: because I used to say, oh, if it's not got over 80, I'm not going to claim it on PSN+. Plus. Yeah, it's true. I forgot this. You were right. You didn't used to claim the free game on PSN+. Plus. You used to deliberately not claim free stuff. Yes. On that
0: condition. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you said. I don't know what you said that made me change. I think I said, you're an idiot. Why would you not claim it? It's free. But now all my Steam stats are going to hell because I've got loads of games unplayed.
1: Why do you care? Why does it matter? Wear it like a badge of honour. 2,000 games unplayed.
0: And there's like a financial cost associated. I wonder if steam db really knows how much i paid for these games
1: but there's a financial cost for you not claiming the game the game has a monetary value if it doesn't cost you anything to claim it then you are throwing away money i mean this is what i actually said to you i actually said from a rational perspective the game is worth money and they are giving it to you for this limited period if you don't claim it it is like you throwing away the money Your counter-argument would be, if I'm never going to play it, then it's worthless to me. So its notional value is zero. Which is also true, but do you know for a fact you're never going to play it? But then isn't there the
0: stress associated with
1: ownership? Well, for me, that stress is zero. So that's why, for me, it's a rational decision to claim the free game. If you are telling me that owning a game that you haven't played itself has a mental cost for you, and if that cost is more than the monetary value of the game multiplied by your probability of playing it, then you can tell sorry, I'm a very it is a very engineering way of looking at the problem. But this is how I look at the problem. So for me, I always claim the free games.
0: Always. And so now I always claim the free games.
1: Cause I won you over with my superior
0: logic. So this month saw Humble Bundle announce we we'll just give two free games away. The Darkness Two and Spec Ops The Line. You probably already had these.
1: I didn't have Spec Ops The Line. I did have The Darkness 2.
0: And there was also Hitman Spring Pack.
1: Oh, yeah, because this was Spring Pack 2 or something. And I didn't even realise it was Pack 1, so I actually missed the first one. I missed the Christmas one as well. And Bloodborne, but that's not really free. Well, Bloodborne's the PSN Plus game, but Bloodborne is an excellent game. Surprising that they made it free. I'm surprised too, but it is excellent. I actually wonder if there's going to be a Bloodborne 2, and this would be good advertising for it.
0: But why don't they time it so they overlap?
1: Well, I mean, this is just generally to get more people playing Bloodborne. Because I think a lot of people do actually claim the game, even if they haven't played it. So the timing almost doesn't matter that much, as long as they had the opportunity to play Bloodborne. And then when Bloodborne 2 comes out, they'll probably reference, oh, and Bloodborne was free, so why don't you play it? So then I wanted to talk about,
0: what was the last free game that you played? Rocket League was mine. Obviously, there's a story attached to that for you.
1: Uh, Wait, do do you want the Rocket League story or do you want to talk about the free game?
0: Have we heard the Rocket League story before?
1: I'm actually not sure. I mean, okay, very condensed version, just in case you have heard it before. I mean, let's be honest, it's pretty boring either way. Rocket League was the free PSN Plus game. Everyone was going crazy for Rocket League. But Rocket League was not the free PSN Plus game in Hong Kong. For some reason... Hong Kong was one of the few regions that didn't get Rocket League as the PSN Plus game. And as a result, I did not get Rocket League for free. And everyone else was playing Rocket League and I couldn't play it. So I actually had to make a UK PSN account to be able to buy Rocket League because you couldn't even buy it in the Hong Kong store. I made a new UK PSN account with my UK credit card, bought Rocket League so I could play it with you chumps. And then next month... Rocket League was the free PSN Plus game in Hong Kong. I was like, thanks a lot, guys. Like, I own this game twice now. But of course I claimed it. So that's my Rocket League story. So what was the
0: last freebie that you played?
1: I'm not sure, actually. (laughs) I'm genuinely not sure what the last time I played a free game was. Yeah, I actually can't remember the last time I played one of the free games that I received.
0: I guess i have been plenty of VR.
1: Well, no, no. I've had so many free games. I haven't, I haven't played... Is it Robo Recall? I haven't played that, for example. I got it free. I haven't played it. I actually think the last one I played was... What is that game on PS4 where you have to make the different kinds of soup and build the factory? Oh, Nom Nom Galaxy. Yeah, that was a free PSN Plus game, right? Yeah. I think that's the last free game I played, and that's because we were playing it Couch Co-op. I think that's the last game I claimed as a free key and played. Surprisingly. That was ages ago. I claim all these free games. I very rarely actually play them because I've got so much other stuff to play. You know, this endless backlog and i am keep buying more games embarrassingly. So, yeah, very rarely does a free game come out that happens to be one of the games I wanted to play anyway. And you didn't have. That I didn't already have. Yes, quite.
0: I liked what play did with their games over... A, f- a period of
1: nine months, it felt like. This is the Uplay 30 stuff for the 30th anniversary of Ubisoft. They had that ub 30. Yes. Yeah, they were giving away games for a long time. But you had to play them on Uplay, didn't you? Yes. So I actually claimed them, but I've never played them because I haven't installed Uplay. You could argue that this is madness. But unsurprising. Well, I have my maximising utility... Function. I mean I you know, I do have limits because there are non-monetary costs too. Like if you have to give your email address and, you know, receive marketing emails, or if you have to like install some new piece of software or something. Actually, you know what, I did play Shadow Complex. I did install the Epic Games launcher to play Shadow Complex again. But you have that for Fortnite? As a result of that, I also had it and I used it to play Fortnite. But the initial impetus for installing the Epic Games launcher was actually to get the free copy of shadow complex though it must only played for like five minutes because i've played shadow complex before but shadow complex as a game was good i mean i think it's quite controversial now because of the involvement of austin scott card who well let's not say anything about that for now but the actual game's a good game it's a very well executed metroidvania any more to add no I think it is pretty funny when you actually are, when you actually literally ask me, what's the last free game you played? I was like, I can't remember actually. I claim all these games and I never play them. Do you have Origin installed on your PC? I don't have Origin installed on, because my PC's blown up. I, you know, I used to have Origin installed, but then earlier this year my PC blew up and I've had no reason to install Origin again. I had it before for Battlefield 3, but had no reason to you know reinstall origin there's nothing i really want to play that's only on origin now oh no i tell a lie i have got it don't i because i had to use it for star wars battlefront 2 the beta and i played it and i was like wow i don't need this game <laughs> but yeah actually i do have origin purely because of that does that count as a free game the open beta not really not really okay fine do you know they have an on the house game this is like a monthly free game or something?
0: It is a free game. I don't know if it's month- It's not monthly.
1: I think I do know about it and have claimed it every now and then because I think I have Theme Hospital as a result of it. But it's a very unoptimized version of Theme Hospital. Like it's literally just the EXE and it just doesn't work properly on a modern PC and stuff. Exactly.
0: So you do care. It's weird. It's weird. As you say, maybe
1: I'm being irrational.
0: <laughs> I dare not argue that. That's it, that's all I have. I'm satisfied.
1: Okay. Well, this is a
0: weird episode. (laughs) (laughs) We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email.
1: Ting at LostLevels.Club. On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On YouTube. As Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. Also, as Lost Levels Club and Reddit slash r
0: slash Lost Levels Club. One final thing. What are you grateful for?
1: Oh, man, I say this every week. I don't know why I'm always surprised by this question. (laughs) I'm grateful for the excessive number of public holidays in Hong Kong right now. We've just had Good Friday. This is currently at the moment we're recording Easter Monday, and we actually also get next Thursday off for the Qingming Festival. Because Hong Kong gets all of the UK public holidays and all of the China public holidays off as well.
0: As two English speakers, how is next Thursday not this Thursday?
1: I don't know. I probably should have said this Thursday, shouldn't I? It's because I'm kind of confused about this being Monday, because in my mind it's still last week.
0: So, Saturday, the Monday after. If I were talking to you on Saturday, what is Monday? This Monday or next Monday? Because it's next week's Monday.
1: Wow, we're having grammar club, are we? If you said this Monday or next Monday, I think I would interpret it as being Monday coming. Or if you said next Monday, I would ask you to clarify. Do you mean this Monday in two days or do you mean the Monday the week after? Fine. I I think the problem is the whole this Monday, next monday thing has become corrupted like bi-weekly where it could mean either thing and you actually just have to clarify if it's unclear bi-weekly bi-weekly you know what i mean you know what i mean right i know If if someone says oh yeah next thursday you have to clarify like do you mean the next thursday or do you mean the thursday after this thursday so i mean this thursday i suppose so michael says bye bye bye